0: Hello and welcome to this week's why football podcast with me Michael Dryden and Etchez Adokru. How are you Etchez?
1: Yeah, good thanks. Um yeah, last week um, I was quite downbeat about the Arsenal City game. We obviously what won. Huh?
0: Oh you a downbeat?
1: Yeah, downbeat. I wasn't happy because I thought we were going to lose, but Right, okay. Our, yeah. our pre-game. Yeah, pre-game exactly, pre-game but post-game. On that two 0 come on the boys! That was that was big. Uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster because we beat Liverpool a few days beforehand, and then we played Villa, and mm. yeah, it was actually one of the worst games of football I've watched us play all season. So it's, that the hype has come back down on the scale again. It's
0: yeah, it's Arsenal, isn't it? Sporting Arsenal. Yep, that's what happens. Yeah, uh,
1: so that's that was uh, last week as well. Um, also, uh, I've seen Dynamo Zagreb and Ipswich Town have the exact same kit. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. It's just how is that happening? Literally mm. the exact same stencil, the exact same kit colour, different badges. <laughs>
0: you find that especially at international level, you get yeah. like these these uh, manufacturers make the same kit, check. Yeah.
1: Out. Which is a bit outrageous. Uh, apart from the usual this week, um what are your thoughts on Hendo winning football writers?
0: Yeah, over the moon mate,
2: king of Sunderland mate. So what more can I say? Yeah, you, I know you, uh Big Lee, Barry Catamull, and uh Jordan Hendo are close well, Lee Catamol is
0: pioneering so Correct. in his position, so as I've touched on earlier pods. You have indeed. Yeah.
1: Thoughts on Roy Keane as manager of Sunderlands? Actually Scriptment? he was very good. Really?
0: and um, which is interesting because obviously he didn't work out at Ipswich. Yeah. He has not came back to managerial positions and not performed. But, so basically we lost the first five games of the season under Quinn as manager. Yep. So he was like chairman, led a consortium, came back. We lost for the first five games. Keane came in and made me won the, won the championship, mate. Losing really? your first five games and then yeah. winning the championship. It's like, it's like when De Boer was at um, Palace. Palace. Yeah. It's like him then going to win the Premier League. I mean, not quite the same.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll stop that one there because John's beginning to tear up. Um, <laughs> but um, how
1: are you doing in general, John?
0: Not, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, lockdown season, which is which is brilliant. Um, so Jude Bellingham moved to Dortmund, yep. another English player to go to Germany and go to Dortmund in particular. Mm. Um, Birmingham retired the number 22 number, which I thought was interesting. I just think it's an empty gesture, man, because I know I know it's not like something you find in football often to retire numbers, but if it was the number nine or number seven,
1: it's never getting retired. It's not
0: going to retire, are they? It's like, oh, we're retire number 85. <laughs> he played
1: <laughs> um, 41 games for Birmingham. Which is brilliant.
0: I mean, he played a number of them games whilst 16, yeah. which is unheard of in the English game because mm. even at the championship level, Premier League, which we've touched on before, is a lot of sh- short-term incentives. You can't risk playing a 16-year-old because if you then lose and get relegated, you know the club can be in free fall. It's, it's, it's the same in the championship because the prize is the Premier League. So it's mm. it's, it's similar. It's not obviously the same extent, but to play 16 games... so Sorry, play that many games at 16 is... Incredible. Yeah. This week, Etches will be looking into what the financial fair play regulations actually are, why they were brought into the game, and whether FFP is still fit for purpose. Before we start, please follow us on Twitter at WhyFootball underscore for our latest content. Please also follow and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Acast for immediate access to future episodes. So, Etches, why are you looking into this topic?
1: Yeah, well, recently in the news, as many people know, Manchester City successfully appealed uh, their Champions League expulsion. Mm. So the topic of FFP is back in football, football mainstream. Uh, for those of you that don't know specifically, Manchester City were banned for two seasons and fined 30 million for manipulating sponsor contracts in an attempt to deceive UEFA and not full foul of the FFP. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> uh, it's a not full foul of the uh, regulations. FFP is kind of one of those terms which all football fans have heard of, all football fans know. But don't necessarily specifically know what it is or how it works. Mm. So I thought for this pod would kind of look into that, as well as touching on whether you know the that term is FFP actually dead.
0: No, absolutely, it's a term that kind of gets thrown about um, quite a lot. But I feel as if like a lot of people actually don't know their ins and outs. I certainly don't. Um, my assumption's always been that it was brought in to prevent a club and a owner from spending vast vast sums in a short space of time racking up debt and putting the club itself, the fans and even the league in jeopardy or just being kind of unfair to, to the others who haven't got that kind of capital.
1: So what actually is FFP? Yeah, so the Financial Fair Play Regulations uh, or FFP for short uh, was agreed in principle in 2009 by UEFA. Uh, a study was actually ran by UEFA which showed that 59% of clubs were losing money with 20% actually in financial peril. So FFP was agreed, and Michel Platini, the former UEFA boss, said that this would help clubs uh, prevent from embarking on financial doping. Mm -hmm. An example of financial doping would be at AC Milan, where former uh, owner Silvio Berlusconi supported them financially for roughly Mm -hmm. $120 between 2007 to 2010. What the FFP rules actually mean is that clubs can spend a certain amount more than what their revenue is. So, in last year's rules, that would mean that clubs can spend up to $4.5 million more than they earn over the three-year assessment period, which goes up to $30 million if their owners can prove they can cover the cost. Mm. Football expenditures, like transfers and wages, must be balanced with TV and matchday revenue, plus money from commercial activities. Investments in stadiums, training facilities, youth development, and women's football aren't included in the calculations. Mm.
0: Yeah, it seems positive. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize that those investments aren't included mm. in that, which is good because I mean the the club can still grow seemingly, just not throwing money at the at the team. Exactly. Um, it might take some time as well for an owner to do so as well. So it you know if an owner that is actually coming in actually wants to to grow the club, mm. um, can do so, which is good. Um, and City are an example of that. They invested heavily in um, infrastructure projects, community yep. projects. They've also <laughs> they've also took money in the team as well, yep. but. um
1: but yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. Uh, failure to comply leads to sanctions which include transfer bans, fines, withholding prize money and expulsion from European competitions. Mm. This is policed by the financial control body, which is also set up by UEFA. Interestingly, some leagues actually had rules in place before FFP was brought in, like Liga and the Bundesliga. But it was a big culture shock for the Prem, La Liga and Serie A, where clubs were racking up some serious debt. Mm.
0: How was FFP
1: originally viewed by the fans and clubs? Yeah, at the time, in 2009, it wasn't specifically called for by fans. But, you know, especially in England, Leeds Fall From Grace is still, you know, in memory. Uh, Mm -hmm. For those of you that don't know, in short, Leeds spent over their means, basically banking on Champions League qualification to to balance the books. That didn't happen. And it was just a fire sale, like summer after summer. And then they had their massive fall from grace. But they're back. They are back. They are back. back. Yeah, elite clubs uh, were initially reluctant in backing it before it was actually widely backed by all of them. Some of the main believers in the project were Roman Abramovich Hmm. of Chelsea and Monsieur Arsene Wenger. Wenger recently claimed that the big sides eventually agreed with FFP as they felt it protected them from emerging challenger clubs who wanted to see it at the seat. Sorry, at the so-called big table. Yeah. Jose Mourinho, uh, another great manager in 2014, complained that the old established sides were against Chelsea as their elite status is still fairly new. So there's a theme we're getting in here where big old clubs, Munich, Juventus, possibly Arsenal, Man United. Aren't really happy to see anyone else come into that circle. Yeah. City and PSG spending had actually riled a few clubs who have often complained to the authorities. Arsenal, rumoured to be the main instigator in City's most recent UEFA investigation. The snitch. Oh, I've got a lot of time for it. Can't catch him on the field, so you've got to yeah, do it some way. Absolutely not. Uh, both City and PSG have been sanctioned for breaches in an attempt to reach the elite status, which they've managed to do. Mm. But it's clear from what I said earlier that the large sides aren't happy with the way they've achieved it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems hypocritical from uh, Roman Abramovich given Chelsea's rise in the early 2000s when yeah. they spent... I suppose that they didn't spend the levels that are now spent, but it is kind of relative to the time. At the time, they were spending far more than the clubs, which is kind of what the rules brought in to prevent. Staying with um, high elite European football... If you look at League One clubs, for example, <laughs> every team's self-serving. Like yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're Blackpool, you're Sunderland, or you're Manchester City, every team's self-serving. So Blackpool voted against the league starting again. A lot of these clubs cited r- financial reasons. They can't afford to put games on. They haven't got the revenue from TV. Yeah. If fans aren't coming through the doors, and they signed a player for reportedly a six-figure sum. So <laughs> it just goes to show... How self-serving these t- these teams are, and to an extent, rightly so. You've got to look after your club because obviously, there's, you know, they've got staff, they've got players that could lose their jobs, things like that. It makes sense.
2: Who was the player that Black Bull signed? Uh, Jerry Yates. Okay.
0: Yeah, he used to play for PSG, I think.
1: How many stars uh, on um, Football Manager? Uh,
0: he's probably, I don't know, he's probably like a 65 on, on on FIFA. I'd probably be an 89 on FIFA. You'd probably be like 64, Pace 13, you think? Pretty good.
1: 20 determination, though. On FIFA, oh FIFA, <laughs> point me a manager. FIFA, oof, I'd style myself around Wes Morgan. Okay, he's pretty yeah. quick. Uh, yeah,
0: Mourinho actually recently complained about the UEFA decision to overturn City's ban, referring to it as disgraceful. Um, he didn't suggest why in practice, other than that the penalty either should be enforced or completely overturned, rather than issuing a 10 million fine which would make sense however the fine was actually for not cooperating with, with UEFA so that was the one part of the decision that wasn't overturned it was their you know refusal to cooperate so they got fined that 10 million so has ffp been successful
1: yeah well UEFA claimed that since its introduction the following 5 years club debt had decreased with club balance sheets strengthening significantly and net debt plunging from mm. 65% to 35% The facts there clearly show that FFP has some benefits and silence the doubters who believe the project was too ambitious or challenging to implement. Information on whether that debt revenue has continued to drop is actually scarce. Mm. It's quite hard to find, but that's still quite encouraging from the beginning anyway. Even though net debt revenue has dropped, it's hard to say whether FFP is benefiting everyone or it's still just for the elite. Mm. So earlier we mentioned City and PSG are always in the headlines when it comes to FFP normally. But who else has actually fallen foul of yep. the FFP regulations? Well, when back in 2010, Malaga were taken over by a Qatari owner, who heavily invested in the club, bringing in the likes of Santi Cazola, for at the time was their club record fee. Fantastic player, fantastic person. Mm, take a corner with both feet, got so much time for it. And free kicks. As well as Jeremy toulon But after coming fourth in the Liga, having spent £80 in 2011, the club were banned from European football due to outstanding debt. Mm. AC Milan, who we have a pod on, just check that out, (laughs) were banned from the Europa League for overspending under their previous owner, Lee Yong Hong. Galatasaray were also banned from European competitions for a similar thing back in 2016. A whole host of sides have received numerous fines over FF- since FFPS introduction. The more well-known ones are PSG, who have been fined 60 million euros. 40 of that was suspended, and they had their CL squad reduced and transfer restrictions put in place in 2014. And City had another fine before this of 60 million. Again, 40 million of that was suspended. Clubs like Dynamo Zagreb, Zenit St. Petersburg, Athletic in Madrid have also received fines as well. Yeah, that Malaga team in
0: 2011, 2012 had some absolute unbelievable players. So, Monreal, Isco, Rondon, Caballero were all yeah. that team. Julio Baptiste. The beast. The legend, the beast. What a nickname. And obviously, Cazola, Ruvan Nistelroi, Joaquin. They must have spent quite a lot of money then. Yeah, Big million. wages there. Yeah, Julio is not cheap. Uh, Pellegrini was manager as well. So, you, I mean, that was before it became largely relevant. Yeah. You know, it's a big wage bill. Yeah, very much so. So are there issues with FFP?
1: Well, as I touched on earlier, it's seen as a set of regulations which benefit the elite. The reason for that is if clubs can only spend within their means, the already established clubs can spend more money on mm. potential transfers compared to those trying to bridge the gap. Questionable sponsorship deals is another problem as well. So since FFP's introduction, more clubs have gone creative with their sponsorship deals. For example, it's not just the standard kit sponsors you see on the front, it's the training kit sponsors, it's the match day sponsors, the bus sponsors. For example, Manchester United have an official pillow and mattress partner (laughs) called Millie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I'll just leave that there, like why <laughs> is there anything <laughs> so that again shows the advantage that bigger clubs have who are much more marketable compared to qpr it's weird it's of getting cash through the doors exactly it? i doubt qpr have a pillow and mattress sponsor uh, partner not something there though. exactly mm. a massive gray area with these deals is when teams like psg and city have companies linked to their ownership involved in the sponsorship agreements like etihad airways for manchester city your wafer are always adamant, though, that these
0: deals are thoroughly reviewed. Mm. Yeah, another one that was in the headlines was um, when Mancini, Mancini was a manager. Allegedly, he was offered um, a separate arrangement to get around FFP. So that arrangement was his actual salary was 1.45 million mm. with City when he joined in 2009, um, plus bonuses. However, he allegedly got a 1.7 million salary on top with Al Jazeera. Um, that's according to the Football leaks that came out. That was reported by De Spiegel. And getting back to the actual decision itself by Cass, um, they stated that the char- the charges were either unproven or been time-barred, meaning that they stemmed from at least five years before um, the, the, the the subsequent case. It brings up the question, the intent behind the ban, then were you with for always aware it would be overturned? Mm. Um, you'd think, you know, if, if, if a lot of the charges are getting removed because of time-barring, surely they're, their attorneys, they wouldn't be aware of this. Or they would have been aware at the time that, that was an, it was a factor. Maybe maybe not. Um, And the charges around the sponsorship could not be proven, seemingly. But was that influenced largely by the fact that City was so uncooperative? Yeah. But I just think the whole thing kind of... At the end of the day, the, the, the cast, the competition, arbitration sport, they overturned it, not UEFA. However, just bringing to question, were UEFA always kind of aware it they'd be overturned?
1: yeah that's a that's a really good point um it's you'd hope not but it's kind of like a symbolic sanction because uefa mm. from the outside it kind of seems like the new city would win but it's like yeah. oh hey we mm. we still try to ban them so yeah. it doesn't matter but that's a discussion we can have later on another small issue not widely discussed with ffp is the different tax rates in countries meaning that some clubs have to pay mm. much higher gross wages in order for the player to be left with the same net salary as if he belonged in another country or to another club in another country. Yep. And finally there's an issue around big clubs preferring these big fines that PSG and City have received over being expelled from the competition. Where is the deterrent from UEFA to ensure that sides don't continuously reoffend? This is City's second offence, mm. PSG's first, because they all have the money to cover these fines yeah. so you know cash I, is not a problem exactly i mean <laughs> if i breach ffp to buy uh, neymar for example mm. and i win the champions league and the treble and i get fined 60 million i don't care yeah What's... <laughs> <laughs> because i've essentially won all the trophies and i've kept neymar and all you're doing is finding me a fee i'd normally pay for a fullback yeah so, no absolutely not. you know it, it, it they really need to kind of have that sort of deterrent to stop that so as reported
0: is ffp dead
1: yeah, the city ruling has left many thinking that FFP is in fact a pointless set of regulations, which the biggest and richest don't have to adhere to. You know, clearly has loads of benefits. Uh, clubs have reduced their debt overall. But is FFP really benefiting all clubs or is it just for the elite? Is it in fact dead? I think that FFP needs to shake up. You know, if you look at the European domestic leagues, Juventus are on the verge of their ninth Scudetto in a row. Bayern Munich have just wrapped up their eighth in a row. And Real Madrid and Barca have won all but one of the last 16 Mm, La Liga titles. The argument against what I've just said is that, oh, these sides have always been dominant throughout history, which is true. What we are seeing, though, is because of the money disparity in the game, these sides are becoming much more dominant than ever before. And the gap is widening. What we're seeing across European football is the leagues are becoming very predictable, which makes football as a sport less interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's a
0: very interesting debate Like many clubs throw money at their team chasing a prize, generally. So even in the championship, the EFL has its own regulations, but look at the sums some championship clubs are thrown about. Just because of that prize of getting in the in the Premier League is so big, that windfall is so high. And it's arguably the same at elite level. Failure could mean... Debt and ruin for the club and the fans who are the real losers. Leeds is the classic example you've touched on. Threw money at the UCL Dream and then plummeted into League One could have gone out of business. However, it's clear the elite do want to preserve their position. We've seen that before with the European Super League proposal that came in. Um, so the elite are the winners, but also are you away for the winners as well? What about their agenda? You're for success and relevance, it's longevity is largely based on the sustained commerciality of the Europa League, the Champions League and this future Super League if it comes in. So do they actually care about the little man or do they, are they interested in making sure that Europe remains this dominant, relevant kind of competition in football as mm. opposed to the growing markets in say South, South America or China or
1: India or further afield? Yeah. yeah, it's a really interesting point that you touched on. Yeah, it, you would hope that FFP kind of cares for everyone but, you know, there are darker interests there in terms of... Maybe it's sceptical, but yeah. Mm, there's definitely darker interests there in terms of, you know, do they actually care about the little men, as you said, or is it just more about the big clubs because they're the ones that really fund them yeah. and they're the ones with the biggest say. So the the topic here is whether FFP is in fact dead. And I mentioned that, we need, you know, it needs a shake-up. So how do you actually revive it? Mm. Arsene Bengo, who's actually now head of development at FIFA mentioned potentially relaxing ffp to allow new sides to have greater investment in order to compete he highlighted that you know these supersides you know munich man um, united's mm. etc became massive when ffp didn't exist and back then it didn't stop those clubs from emerging and becoming the dominant forces that they are he feels that if clubs are still monitored properly and the funds are verified FFP should be more flexible to facilitate greater investment within the game which is a really interesting kind of point because you know we now see very few investors or if they do come in it's in a very weird way to try and get around FFP it'd be interesting to see how the game would develop if that was completely like relaxed you know could West Ham then suddenly become champions could um, you know Newcastle's ones impending could happen to Sunderland you know the the Mm -hmm. possibilities are endless Another way to revive FFP is just tougher sanctions on repeat offenders. From a fan view, from a club view, it kind of feels like one rule for us and one rule for the rest being the, the, you know, the big clubs. And I think, you know, it'd be really easy in terms of legislation. Okay, no matter what happens in the first time you do it, that can go to court, you offend twice, ban. doesn't really matter. doesn't matter whether you you were one pound over FFP or you did something else like automatic ban. Mm. And then I think that will you know make smaller clubs uh believe in the system again and the final point on that is if either of the above don't occur i think what we what we could really see and what's in danger of ffp at the moment is just more successful sides just bending the rules yeah like what stops you know juventus now thinking well okay you know what happens if you break this oh you should get a 30 million pound fine mm. they might just do it anyway and then if they're winning if they're successful you know they win the double treble or whatever it may be they won't really care
0: the brand of the clubs is bigger than the competition exactly they've outgrown it and that's yeah. why they can do what they want because they know they drive that brand and they drive the commerciality exactly it baffles me that there are not heavier and more severe sanctions for those that repeat their offense mm. as you say. like like it's you just literally dishing out a fine to a club or an owner or whatever that doesn't care about fines repeatedly but the gap between the elite anyway is just so huge like it's difficult difficult to see how clubs can bridge that in any case the market is so saturated with capacity even if there was no FFP is there room to grow there's only so many Champions League spots in the Premier League there's only so many Champions League spots spots generally only so many knockout positions to go into with that windfall so is there space to grow I mean we touched on on a previous pod like they're just, in my opinion, there's just not space to enter that elite. So you can chuck any amount of money at it, mm. all you can do is inflate the market and not not achieve it because these clubs are so massive. Yeah, I think it's the idea
1: behind someone gets squeezed out. It's a it's a revolving door where there isn't space, but there's always someone circling the drain who then comes back out. Arsenal are a good example. You know, mm. we've not been in the Champions League now for four seasons, five seasons maybe, and we're kind of falling out of that circle. Club, you'd say, then. Mid-table, mid-table club. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say probably a mid-table club. Mm. Not as big as Sunderland, though. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, what, what league one? League two? League One. yeah. Oh, League One. Oh, okay, fine. Sorry. But um, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, there's always clubs being pushed out. You know, AC Milan, Inter Milan are coming back that's to true. it now. That's true, that's true. So whenever we have City come in or PSG come in, someone's coming out at the yeah. same time. Fair enough.
0: So that's all from us. Thank you to Etchez for doing the research. No
1: worries. And thank you
0: for tuning into this week's Why Football Podcast. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter, YFootball underscore. And please also follow and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Earcast for immediate access. Brand new on aircast. Brand new on for for access to future episodes. Cheers, guys. Cheers.